Welcome back to the Sharpest College Football Podcast, brought to you by Lean Toss Up Sports. This is the Week 7 Preview. This is at Buckmetrics. Follow me on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by Robert Martin, founder, proprietor, owner, um, general awesome guy of Lean Toss Up Sports. Robert, are you looking forward to Week 7? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we've had some very kind of interesting weeks the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm pretty excited to uh, to get into this week. Uh, we're getting to the point now. I think they actually college football. They they did their official college football ranking show earlier tonight. I think um, oh. so. We're getting into the business end of the season. So uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Sounds good. Alrighty. Here come a bunch of my metrics, and I didn't mention this to you, Robert. Um, I snuck a new one in here, but that's a little bit later. Um, my top 20 offenses, I've highlighted the new entrance, Kansas, after that uh, embarrassment of UCF jumps in at number 13. Louisiana, I hit on them in part one. Um, Zion Chris, I think is the name of the quarterback. They're already at number 16. Florida State making a run on offense. We talked in part one about their defense is a area of concern, but offense is coming around. Georgia jumped in with that um, embarrassment of uh, Kentucky and North Carolina, kind of the same against lesser Syracuse. Um, all these make sense. I was surprised that Louisiana jumped up. Um, they had a good outing against Texas State. That was a sneaky, uh, good Sunbelt game. Um, Louisiana's kind of lucky to win, you know, was legitimate win, but Texas State was leading for a good part of that game. What what sticks out to you here? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny to see LSU there as number two. Um, I mean, but to be fair, they are one of the best offenses in the country, though. Decide, despite the fact that they keep winning games ridiculously close, um, they are one of the top offenses. They're just defense is also one of the worst. So. Uh, yeah, no, th- this list mostly shakes out. I think Notre Dame up there is is pretty interesting. They have they have not scored over twenty points in the last like three weeks, but it just shows goes to show you strength of schedule adjustments there because yeah. that has been against uh, Ohio State, Duke, and then Louisville. So mm-hmm. yeah, they have been up against some really tough defenses and actually some good teams, and then they just have, they haven't scored the points. But at the same time, it's just like yeah, these are. Uh, these are some good teams that they're facing. So, yeah, um, credit to Kansas for for really continuing the step forward on both sides of the ball, but especially on offense. And again, you know, we saw things unravel for them when they lost uh, uh, Jalen Daniels last season. And the offense, at, at the very least, they know how to go to Plan B when Dalen uh, when Daniels is out. And you know, would they have fifty five against UCF? We talked about that game in part one. You know, it's not like they snuck just barely snuck by the. The Knights there. All right. Top 20 defenses. Um, we got rid of that horrible looking mascot for Penn State. UCLA with another uh, really good performance against uh, the vastly underrated and overlooked Cam Ward, as is overlooked this this defense. You know, I'm, I'm hearing people coming around. I saw some guy for the athletics say, hey, guess what? UCLA's defense is for real guys. It's like, well. Thanks for breaking news. That's not news. Because guess who had this two weeks ago? Uh, yours truly. But thanks yeah. for being late at your job. Um, and worse at it than a nerd CPA in Newport Beach. <laughs> yeah, we said that. We said that before they played Utah. We're like, hey, this defense yeah. is good. And then they yep. lost that game 14 to 7. To 7. And 
half of that 14 was a pick six. Pick six, yeah. Yep. Um, Michigan jumps up. I think that they finally got the kick in the butt from um, Harbaugh or just, you know, whatever change from having four different coaches in their first three games. Um, Ohio sneakily um, a really good defense, by far the best in the uh, in the MAC, which is surprising because their real strength was their offense last year. Um, their defense was really suspect, although in the MAC preview, I did say that their defense made sneaky um, big improvement in the, in the latter half of the season. So, not surprised to see them improved. I definitely did not see them as a top forty defense, let alone top fifteen. Um, and Air Force. This is troubling. Um, I think for good reason, Wyoming is getting a lot of credit for beating Texas Tech and Fresno State at home. Good for them. Um, guess what? Air Force has a better defense, and Air Force is clearly, clearly much better at offense with an awesome offensive identity. I think Air Force is, um, this is going to be one of those phrases I just kind of use in this podcast quite a bit, uh, criminally over overlooked. They are a really good team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Air Force is, is legit. By week, last week, this week, they play Wyoming, potentially just for the entire mm. Mountain West. Um, but yeah, like, legit. Like, I, I do think, I think they're a better team than Wyoming. I think Wyoming has gotten some wins, and, and I'm not, not taking away from Wyoming on those wins. And again, played close to Texas. Um, they played close against Texas. But uh, I think that the Air Force should win that game, and then probably by winning that game, they should probably wrap up the. A, a wrap up a, tr- a ticket to the championship game. Maybe not the Mountain West itself, but but they yeah, said that, it last year against Air Force too. So you never yeah, know. I th- that might be another one of those um, previews of the of the uh, conference title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kind of looking here really quick. Who do I have ahead between those two? It's got to be yeah. I have Air Force as the top team, and then Fresno State. Wyoming's offense is just it's just so. It's just limiting for them. All right. Um, so my composite top 20, uh, a new leader. We've got Washington here. And um, here's here's a little live action preview of, of the upcoming game this Saturday. You've got um, the classic uh, Husky punching the, <laughs> the Oregon Duck. This looks like something from about 50 years ago or maybe even 60 or 70. Um, and I've got your rankings um, in there as well. You know, pretty, pretty decent um, overlays here. You you know you got Washington a little lower, but I think you know not too far lower. Penn State a lot lower uh, than I have here. You've got Notre Dame way down. And I think that's probably more of a recency thing. I think that you've got. Do you have like some decay in your model, if I remember correctly, or no? Yeah, there is decay, right? So then some of the yeah. it doesn't get rid of them, but it basically starts saying that like okay, some of the later wins are down weighted in terms of in terms of weight, right? So that the most recent games are shown. So that 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 against Louisville is is a problem. That game against Louisville is now a problem. Um, some stuff like that. So I will say I think my in some cases my model is a little overreactive. In some cases I don't know what Penn. The thing is Penn State moved a lot by not even doing anything, and it just shows you kind of how jittery the model can be. For example, teams at Penn State specifically. Well, Iowa had a horrible game, and um, as did Illinois. Two teams Penn State beat. So that alone was enough to drop. Penn State, like, 10 <laughs> spots. Uh, so, 
that is, and, and that's not Penn State's fault. And again, this is, I, I, I'm not recommending, at least not yet, I'm not recommending you in you doing this in place of the college football. I'm happy to make my own rankings, and I need to incorporate, I think, some of the more refined elements of what the BCS was to kind of, th this is meant to be like, if, if my model had these teams playing, who would I think would be favored? And I think it does a pretty good job of that to some extent, yeah. but I think there is still some pieces in there that are like some teams are a little too high. Some are probably a little like North Carolina is too low. I think Miami is still too high, but you have them still at four too. So, uh, but the thing is that we, we can't, our models do not incorporate bad coaching decisions, right? We're not like, Oh, well bad coaching minus eight points per game. Right. We don't, exactly. ours doesn't do that. Yeah. Right. So there's no, there's no golf handicap in there where you're just, no, you're starting exactly. eight, eight strokes down to the other guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting, but yeah, I think uh, I think there is some some pieces there that the model does probably overreact a bit, especially Penn State. Poor Penn State, they did nothing wrong. <laughs> just get like just <laughs> clubbed. But yeah, no, it's. But I will say though, it's interesting though that again, no Florida State, one of the top de a top four team, Oklahoma. I have them at twenty two. I'm not completely sure why. I do have Texas ahead of them. I, I model, think that's probably the decay thing. It is, yeah. They, they had a couple of like shoddy offensive performances against mm -hmm. uh, SMU and Cincinnati recently that got to be dragging down that number. Mm -hmm. One interesting thing I will say though is Bama is climbing on up. Um, yeah. They have been, they haven't even been. They were like I think 80th at one point. Now that was really really early in the season. That was when they almost lost to USF. But since they've then been climbing and climbing and climbing. And, like, I still think LSU is a better team than them. My model also agrees. My model has them power ranked roughly the same, and I think that's going to be an incredible game in a couple of weeks, and I've already locked in some LSU plus sevens and some stuff like that, which I will gladly take any day of the week. But at the same time, like, there's a non-zero chance Alabama can go undefeated, get to the SEC championship game, and then them versus Georgia. Don't know what's I, – I, Georgia would probably – Based on what I'm seeing, Georgia would probably be power like probably a 14 point favorite. In that, but I don't think that you can't even lay that though with the books though. Like there is no way the sports books are gonna have you being like Bama's gonna be a 14 point underdog to anybody. There's no way they should be, but there's no way, right? So yeah, well here are just I mean these are actual ratings, so I would have that three and a half per my oh okay per my ratings here. Although you know if I if I want Bama, I'd I'd probably want seven. If I'm Georgia, I'd probably give two and a half. I'd probably have like four and a half or five. Mm -hmm. Um, if I was running a book, yeah, it seems, yeah, I just, yeah, the 14, I think, I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. and some of these, you know, North Carolina, they've, they've really just turned it around. Not, not turned around. They've really come on strong these last few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. interesting story in the ACC, which is usually a pretty boring conference. I think when you've got, you know, all the Dabo baggage taking a step back. That's a good story. And then you've got some really fun teams that are stepping into the void. Um, you know, and then you've got Duke that's technically still undefeated, although we'll see with uh, right in the conference, you know, if Riley Leonard can, or they can make up for Riley Leonard's absence. Yeah. But e either way though, um, one versus two in your books, one versus six yeah. in mine top, I'll say I'll call it. It's a top five-ish matchup between Oregon and Washington. Yeah. And again, this is this has huge. This game has huge implications for obviously the Pac-12 college football playoff Heisman. This game has huge implications because I suspect one of these teams, probably one of these teams, has at least a fifty percent chance. Looking at look ahead lines, Oregon is uh, the, the most recent one I saw. Oregon is four and a half point favorites against USC. 
in a couple weeks. Now that is too high, I think. No, but, no, it's not. No, no? okay. No. Well, okay, I'll take that. I'll t- I'll believe you on that then. That's fine. But uh, yeah, I'll put it this. Way. I think to go back to your your other point, your prior point. I think this is the highest of all the teams. This is Oregon highest highest leverage spot because they're on the road and. I would consider hosting USC an easier game than playing out Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's very fair. But yeah, this is a big, 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 big game. This game it could determine yeah. the loot. And, and this is actually an interesting point, too, because um, Ari Weishman on, on the, uh, the Athletic uh, basically wrote an article saying, oh, this is – people are saying we should have the 12-team college football playoff now. They're wrong. Which is funny because that was I'm, – I'm not sure if he actually – I probably doesn't listen to the show. But, like, that was me, like, I think four weeks ago. Uh, like, I think, like, week three, I'm like, man, it would be really helpful. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I think more people started calling for that now. But he's like, oh, this is perfect. And, and again, I'm, this is not a criticism of him. He, he, he's, he's a good writer and stuff. And to be fair, the job of a writer – is to be provocative, to offer a differing opinion, to get people to think about their pieces. And, and again, not a criticism of him. And, and actually, I think he did, in his article, he did a very good job of that. And 100% props off to him. That being said, I completely disagree with that. Because the point is he's saying, like, oh, th- because it's not a 12-team, it's only a 14 game like Washington or Oregon has additional meaning. And, okay, that's one way to look at it, that, yes, this game is theoretically an elimination game, potentially. Yeah. The other way to look at it is the fact that we're eliminating a good team way too soon. That one of these teams, yeah, exactly, on, 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 exactly, on an, inter, an interception, a fluky fumble, anything, a, a, a weird kick return, what some by by doing that, basically, a top team in the country is going to be eliminated by potentially a very fluky play. Like for example, theoretically, Florida State versus Clemson. Now it's not the same thing exactly, but Clemson missing that field goal. Theoretically, yeah. now it's there was other stuff. Obviously, Clemson losing earlier, and Clemson also just not being good has eliminated them from cultural playoff. But theoretically, that field goal, that missed field goal there with like a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter could have theoretically eliminated Clemson by missing a, a 30-yard field goal. And then now again, obviously Flor- now obviously Florida State could have come back and, and that's fine. But by missing that, or by make by making it, it could have potentially eliminated Florida State from the college football playoff, or by missing it themselves. They, like this is this is where we're at now, and and it's not fair. Now again, I, there's a thousand other reasons why Clemson isn't going to go to the college football playoff, but it's unfair to eliminate someone off of just that. And people are like, oh well, it means the regular season has more meaning. And it's like, well, okay, yes, but it's I would much rather just see if there's good teams playing against each other. I'd rather I'd love to see that again. Right, like yeah. we saw Oklahoma, Texas again. If Oklahoma, now mostly this is on uh, on the Oklahoma side, but on the Texas side, if Texas really is that good, basically what you're going to have is you're now going to have um, they could play again in the culture, they could play again in the Big Twelve championship game. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma wins, that's it. Texas is gone. Now, I personally don't, I don't think Texas is a top four team. I think they could be like a top ten ish team, give or take. I think that makes a lot more sense, and I don't think they should. But the thing is, in another in a twelve team playoff, okay, Oklahoma beats Texas twice. Guess what? Texas that means Oklahoma's getting round one by Texas is still going to the twelve team playoff, and that's the way it should be. Because guess what? If they play two really close games and Texas loses by four points the first time, and then Oklahoma marches down the field game winning field goal, you would eliminate Texas completely, and you could say they could be basically eliminated because of two fluky plays, because of basically two good Dylan Gabriel drives, they'd be eliminated. Versus in the 12-team system, 
now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you're not actually eliminated. You now get to go play, I don't know, in this theoretical, maybe like a Liberty or something. You get you get to go play another good team, and you get to prove that you should be back there, and you can get that match a third time. Like, next year when, when the Big Ten is divisionless, who would like to see Michigan-Ohio State three times? That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Sign me up for three <laughs> Michigan-Ohio State games. Like, seriously. Like, I don't understand... Why people are like, oh, no, it's better when there's only one. Why? It's good football. Let's see good football two, three times a year. Let's do that. I'm for that. But anyways, yeah. that's rant over on that. But yeah, it's, it's I agree. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that that any Texas fan would be less um, grief stricken if they still had a shot at the playoffs. That game still hurt. And that's at the end of the day, this game is all about the hurt and avoiding the hurt. Um <laughs> Here's the new one. I have a, a strength of record top 20. So Ooh. this is basically saying this is kind of what I would I would say would be my stab at, at BCS replication to say, okay, I'm going to take each team's schedule and I'm going to say, um, how would the average F FBS team do against this schedule? And then I take the actual wins versus the FBS average. And that's what this plus wins metric is. And the thing that I like about this is it really incorporates more directly um, a lot of your strength of schedule, and it's going to gravitate a lot towards what we see that, you know, and I hate to legitimize, you know, polls that kind of suck, but this does kind of weight more heavily towards your, you know, what makes sense in your power teams. Um, you know, this does align, but not exactly. I like how it differs from, you know, the polls. I've got Oklahoma one and Texas two. Nobody would have Texas number two because nobody would give them that much credit for a loss. There's some kind of rule that, okay, unless you lose to an SEC team, you're going to fall at least five spots or whatever. You can't be in the top five. Um, what's really interesting here too, you know, you have Florida State popping up there, which is interesting. Um, James Madison, I don't know if five is a little aggressive, but um, my guy Kay Ford, he actually dropped his too, and he has James Madison like I, I, it definitely was top twenty. I think about maybe number fifteen. Um, disappointingly, we have Iowa number eight. Sorry, can't fix everything. Um, they do win games, unfortunately. Uh, why? Yeah, <laughs> despite their best efforts, Wyoming sneaks in at number ten, um, which is interesting. So you know, shows there's credence to both those wins they have over Texas Tech and, and Fresno State. They're getting credit for that. Um, this is where USC finally jumps in. Um, for as, as fraud as they've looked at times the last three weeks, they have not lost, and they've actually played some teams that can, you know, that can beat other teams. Um, and Colorado sneaks in at number 22, or 20 also, So, which is interesting. I think that, you know, looking back, maybe the TCU win is not aging great, but... Nebraska is not horrible, despite how badly they looked against uh, Michigan. I think that they're a legitimate Big Ten West program. They're not an embarrassment. So kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know. Aside from, from Wyoming and James Madison, anything else stick out to you here? Or does it kind of conceptually make sense? No, James Madison does make sense. They have – well, I mean, except for – I mean, they did play Virginia. Now, this is – again, it just it's who you beat, right? And Virginia yeah. just got their first win against an FCS team this week, um, of which they I, – I didn't know this at the time. Oh, you got something else up there. You got, okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't know this at the time. Um, but they were – like because I saw the game, and like randomly they were playing William & Mary, and William & Mary was uh, <laughs> was competitive with them for a while. And I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. they, they didn't cover the spread. The spread must have been 30. The spread was 10. I'm like, what? You were favored over an FCS team by 10? What? And, I mean, they covered the spread, so shout out to them. But, like, they were favored over an FCS team by 10? That's how bad. Now, I think it was a relatively good FCS team, but you were favored over them by 10? Like, yeah. that's, that's crazy to me. Anyways, no, I think the rest of this list makes a lot of sense. I think Colorado is, as well, an interesting one. I think Colorado is actually not bad, right? I mean... They have lost to USC and Oregon. Okay. So has everybody else USC and Oregon has played. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I, I no don't... No crime there. That's the thing, right? And I think a lot of people are like, oh, see, Oregon, Colorado, hype's over. They're not that good. Well, actually, maybe not because they actually, like, they have played against, like, they the two their two losses are against two of the top teams in the country. And yeah, that loss, like, that win against Arizona State was a bit yucky. I had, I think, Colorado minus six, so that hurts because they went down the field and got a game-tying field goal. They could have stopped that guy from getting a touchdown. That would have been nice, but they didn't. Oh, well. Um, but it's okay. Um, I, I'm still on them this week. I don't think Stanford's pretty good, so I think they'll, they should be able to beat Stanford pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it's, uh, it's interesting. So I, 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 back, I, I mostly agree with this, yeah. Yeah, back to your point, yeah, Virginia stinks, and we'll – I think they no, no, they don't. They they do stink. We've hit on them a lot, but uh, sneakily, James Madison has played. You know, probably the two other toughest teams in the Sun Belt in Troy and um, South Alabama. So I think they're getting a lot of points for that. Uh, oops. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, conference power ratings. Just the only really movement here is Conference USA moved ahead of the Mountain West. Um, can I say, CUSA, awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing to keep in mind here for later is the Sun Belt is literally an FBS average conference. They're literally just right there at average, which is very impressive for a group of five conference, but just keep that in mind later when I get into my deeper dive as well. Mm -hmm. uh, top Apex quarterbacks, three new entrants on here, J.J. McCarthy, um, you know, the whole Michigan thing is just ramping upward with, um, what's his name? Uh, goofball coming back. Weirdo. Um, Harbaugh. Uh, Brett Gabbert, Miami, um, sneaking into the top 10. Miami, they're, that Miami versus Ohio tuggle for the uh, for the East is going to be interesting in, in the MAC. You've got two really good teams with very different strengths. Um, and then Carson Beck um, snuck into the top 10 after facing a good defense in, in Kentucky um, or maybe what might've been a good defense before. Um, all right. Let me see if I can get rid of that. Why is that happening here? Okay. Um, top Ryan, a new name. I, this is a new name to me. Colin Lacey at South Alabama. Good for him. Great. Um, one other thing to notice here, we've got, uh, we've got one Washington guy. What's interesting too that um, you know I was on the the pod with with our, our buddies Four Horsemen Dylan about the Notre Dame USC game coming up this week and one thing I noticed in preparing you know I'm focused on the top ten here um, there's only one Washington guy in the top ten um, Rome good for him we were on him more than a year ago um, USC has two guys in the top sixteen Taj Washington is back in the top ten and Brendan Rice who's just been really good for them is number sixteen. Um, I bring that up because Notre Dame has nobody in the top 100. And I think if you've got two, two, two receivers that are that explosive, explosively productive, 
I'll say. Um, and a quarterback like Caleb Williams, even though you've got um, kind of repeat on the whole the whole theme of the season, um, you've got that kind of receiving and passing talent. You can cover up a lot of defensive deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, top team, Ryan, Georgia came in. I think this is a matter of Beck um, improving and then getting the ball a lot more to Brock Bowers. Um, I don't know if there's any real news on here. Kind of the same suspects, you know, USC and LSU. I kind of think that USC, LSU, and Missouri should have it around Robin to to get like an like a wild card playoff berth, just like the whole great offense and horrible defense little play in <laughs> sequence. Yeah, I mean that that game was very entertaining. So yeah, yeah, tough beat was... if you had uh, Missouri, man. Well, so I had the over. <laughs> Which I which cashed very easily actually. It cashed like in the relatively yeah, early in the. I, we both had that at seventy seven. It was amazing. Both our models totally different um, ways to get there. Both had the total at seventy seven. Yeah. It, it even went over that, and the total mm-hmm. was sixty one that I but grabbed at least. With with bet three six five, you get a five percent boost on your payout if you parlay um, either two spreads or two money lo- or two spreads or two totals. So I or if you part, part so it's like if you, if you have like two, it's a five percent. It's like a ten percent. It scales up just based on how many like spreads, totals, and stuff you have. It doesn't apply to money lines. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna be smart. I'm gonna parlay the. Uh, I'm gonna parlay Missouri spread and the over. And yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that was a huge swing. That would have been. And again, it was really dumb. And I was like. And again, LSU was like, they were so close to getting that first down right on the clock. And I was like, get the first down. And they didn't. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, that was very sad. But I did have, I did have, when I cashed the spread anyways, and I also cashed Jalen Daniels over one, two and a half passing touchdowns. So not the worst game for me, but that's very sad. I would be yeah. a little richer if that had, uh, that had happened. That That's rough. I'm sure you appreciated Isaiah pointing that out about 10 seconds after it happened too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh man, that'd be rough that happened. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be really rough if someone had done that. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean if? Um all right. Our top running offenses here, top G Gabs. Um Kansas, um, I guess it just it's really fun to play UCF if you're a Big Twelve team. That's kind of the lesson there. Michigan again, the whole offense uh trajectory up, if that's a word. Liberty and USC, um, both in the top ten in rushing. Um, offense and uh, top 10 apex quarterbacks. Um, have I mentioned that Liberty is a menace? I don't know what they were doing in the first half tonight, but um, man. Oh, they, fin- they finish it off 31-13, so that's good. Um, yeah. Also, I will say Air Force is fourth on this list because they had their bye this week. So that, that's why <laughs> yes. they're not, that's why they're okay. not number one. Uh, that, that makes a lot more sense when you think about it. And they, they will, I believe, reclaim the throne this week, uh, but hopefully against, hopefully against Wyoming. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that that's uh, yeah, and I, that I, makes, I that think makes over, sense. I think over a third of the Central Florida number UCF number is that game against Kent State. That's going to keep them up there for just they're going to defy um, gravity for for weeks. Yeah, and also we may have to, in this this metric oh. might have to change for next year because Boston College had 300 rushing yards this week. So yeah, I think it depends on who it is. Like um, you know, what would be bad if it's like um, it won't be Wisconsin, but you know if. Like Gigaw with a W wouldn't work, so let's just G-gaw. let's hope it's an appropriate. Um, that's let's hope the root for. Sticks. Uh, uh, who yeah. Have, uh, who, actually, do you have who's last in Gigab so far this year? Yeah, I was about to pull that up. Um, I'll give it on a different slide. Up the graphic there. Um, 
No, I don't have the, yeah, there's not enough time to get into all the horrible okay. things. Um, but let me just see here. Yeah, see, this won't work. Oh, my Hawaii. Jiga. Jiga. That's okay. Jiga. Jiga. You know, they're only um, just one yard ahead of them is rice. That would work. Jigar. Jigar. Yeah, okay. That's sure for yeah. rice to. to who, yeah, I'll have to see who rice or, plays. Hopefully. Or, yeah, this would be great. Or Sam Houston. Gash. I like that. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they are not good, too. Like, they're, they're playing tomorrow night. No. Let's see. I'm, we're going to watch that game tomorrow night. I'm going to be like, every time they run the ball, I'll be like, get set. Like, come on. Like, negative one yards. We can do this. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. The bum list. Um, new entrance. Will Howard. My gosh. He was so good last season. He was actually yeah. better than Ida and rated higher than Adrian Martinez. He was pretty much the reason they lost last week to a pretty, pretty bad Oklahoma State team. He had three picks. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Oklahoma State is great on defense, although plausible case could be made. The announcers were making on Friday that. New DC, maybe things just kind of fall into place um, for the um, for the new DC, and once that happens, it's it's really tough. I've kind of I've seen that in basketball a couple times. Uh, ben Bryant, Northwestern. Where have you been, buddy? Uh, we've been waiting for you here. Um, yeah, God, Northwestern just beating an FCS team by three at home. I think it was at home. <laughs> yes, just rough. And like where there there is. Is uh, what's his face? Deacon Hill. Like, is there an attempts thing on this? Like, he's got to be close. He can't be. Yeah, he's he's he. You, you, I, I the where where I scraped this from is not. It's not total. It's just like your top. It's uh, your bottom okay. of your top qualifying passers. Um, qualifying. But to your points, and that's why we have this graphic right here to catch such things. That's why yes. Iowa's there, number number one twenty six out of one thirty three with a, a mighty eighty four Ryan, um, just behind Eastern Michigan. Just how about behind Wyoming? How's that going for you guys? Wyoming doesn't even try to throw the ball. And I was going to say that's like being behind uh, Army. Guess what? You are behind Army and Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Being behind both of those is like that's like oh god, this is really bad. Like yeah. you're behind both of them. It's like because like they, they don't run the they don't throw the ball. Like if you are if your receivers have are like having yards below expected then army and navy teams that like and not like air force whatever they they do some stuff sometimes they throw the ball because i think partly because they get bored but also because it's a great thing to just kind of throw in there where it's just like oh we're just gonna throw the ball because they're not expecting it that's great power to them but army and navy though they do not throw the ball because their their whole thing is running the ball and you're worse than them at throwing the ball that's a problem that is <laughs> concerning exactly. um yeah, and then third from the bottom is the team that just beat um, the team that beat Miami as well. All right, defensive apex. Um, yeah. Marshall, we're going to get into them a little bit later. Um, Ohio State, you know, kind of un underreported story here is it's their defense that's leading them so far on this season. It's not their offense. Um, UCLA, I don't know what took them so long to get in here in the top 10, and then Duke is not a surprise, very solid um defensive team so nothing really here that surprises me liberty of course sitting there number three because liberty is a menace the thing about ohio state is it's, it's really interesting because like at some point when you sit down and you're like okay it's the defense leading them and they have like two first rounds and maybe a second round two first round wide receivers and a second round running back 
what does that mean for Kyle McCord, right? Yeah. Uh, that there are question marks there, to say the least. And I would be, if I am Ohio State, I mean, again, they seem to have an unlimited population of first round wide receivers. So <laughs> power to them. But if you ever start running out of first round wide receivers and Kyle McCord is still mm-hmm. your quarterback, or you lose defensive pieces, right? Because you can, I mean, that's what we said about Iowa. Iowa is not as good on defense as they were last year. Um, Iowa last year provided a lot of pick sixes to help their offense score. They, they, they've been less pick sixes this year. Um, but this is the thing, right? Like, Ohio State, it should not be favored over Michigan. It should not be favored over Penn State at all. No, and I think, no. they're, like, they were <clears throat> lucky. They were lucky to beat Maryland, let alone cover the spread. They should not have won that game, let alone cover the spread. And it's because their defense clamped down. I think they got, like, two or three picks of Tunga Valoa, and they just eventually chipped down on Maryland. And Maryland did something insane at the end of the first half where they could have gotten a field goal, and they just decided yeah. not to for some reason. Like... That would have been decided not to. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Just, it's fine. Yeah. Well, we'll get an early start on halftime now. Just, well, yeah, we're good. I don't yeah, know if it unfolded just, like that. I, I, yeah, you know, it was also, really bad. Like, I watched that live. The, I was like, what are you doing? But to the to the point about Ohio State, too, I, I think I tweeted this out, and there's nothing better than that podcast where I just refer to tweets. I know that everybody loves that. Um, but Ohio State is actually like 64th in offensive GGAB, which is really concerning. Um, if your quarterback's, you know, not there yet, and I don't mean not there like, hey, you're not um, Baker Mayfield yet. It's like, mm, you're you're not really C.J. Stroud even close six games in, um, and you're not running the ball. And this is, you know, my tweet was, was in response to a tweet where a Ohio State reporter said, he spoke to, I don't know if it was Ryan Day or the offensive line coach, and they were, whoever it was, whichever coach said, there's just a huge, you know, huge drop off after the starting five for Ohio State. So, number one, there's no help coming anytime soon, which is a concern for the offensive line. Number two, you better stay healthy, guys, or this could get really grim on offense, surprisingly grim for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not unheard of to lose an offensive lineman for any amount of time, yeah. and then as well. They don't play every snap. Sometimes these guys take rests, right? So mm-hmm. you're you're sitting out a series. Watch out. <laughs> make sure make sure like your left right tackles, they better not be uh, taking off any series there. Um so yeah, like and, and I think that is part of the problem. I think you are their their offensive line is not as strong, which has been hurting the running game, which has been hurting their quarterback play. It's a cascade effect, but their defense is really good, which has been keeping them in the games. But I think it's a combination of McCord is either not the guy or not there yet. Maybe he'll be the guy next year. But generally, these teams have a strong stream of guys coming in the future, right? So there's probably a long line of five stars right behind him that could be, at least for next year, that could be potentially getting this job, right? So yeah. um, I think if you're Ohio State, and, and again, the thing is, this is kind of, although Ohio State is undefeated, this is, again, the same thing. This is the, the theory, right? So at first, I was kind of low on C.J. Stroud in the preseason. But actually, he's been balling out. He's actually like one of my favorite new rookies now. He's actually really good. He's, he's quite a bit of money, actually. So shout out to him. Um, so I, I like, but again, he's looking good in the NFL, and Ohio State's looking worse this year, right? So uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting uh, bit of a mix there. But like, also just quick shout out to Houston there. 
Could you imagine if Houston is not they're only going to get Marvin Harrison, but they could very easily, if they want to, get a Buka. They can get a, they can get um they can get him a Buka back in the NFL. That'd be kind of awesome mm. for, for Houston. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be <clears throat> Houston's actually pretty good this year. They could potentially go to the playoffs, maybe. All right. Uh, yeah, I've got some questions here about my own metrics. I don't know. I might have to rethink this one. So this is my decent defensive GGAB. Um, I'm not sure how Ole Miss gets on there. Um, that's surprising. Um, you know, I get Iowa. Uh, I get most of the teams here. I think Jacksonville State, since this is not adjusted for strength of schedule, um, there's probably a lot of early early season stuff in there that's going to keep them elevated for a long time. Um, Old Dominion, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Just what? Not that I spent a bunch of time there. I kind of want to watch some Old Dominion football just to see, like, what do they look like compared to the metrics? Because I can't get any kind of thing between the metrics and my preseason expectation, and, and I just don't know what's going on there. But they're actually having a decent season, so. Um, Ole Miss jumps into the top 10 here, which doesn't make sense. Iowa in there, Iowa and UCLA there in italics because they're the only two that are in the top 10 uh, run and pass defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems about right. Jacksonville State is a little odd there, and they kind of just got crushed today um, by a Liberty uh, by Liberty team that kind of ran all over them. So that, that I, I don't... I think That'll... as we are presenting this graphic live, this this list is changing live. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, the the rest of the team. The rest of the thing makes sense. Texas A and M actually is pretty good. They held Bama to like nothing for running, like literally yeah. nothing. That was kind of impressive against Bama to do that. Uh, here we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville State has played a very poor offense. UTEP and exceptionally poor offense, Eastern Michigan. I forget. Yeah, it's that that 21 – they shut out Eastern Michigan 21 nothing. I think that just makes light bend when it, when it mm-hmm. comes to, to these just counting – not counting, cumulative stats of mine. Mm-hmm. All right, market intelligence. So these are the lines that um, just kind of stuck out to me. Um, I kind of forgot that we would be live potting – or live – yeah, live potting this. So – I thought Liberty just seemed a little short. I didn't know what that was. I thought that might be a little bit, um, a little bit too much belief in Jacksonville State. Um, I don't know if the market didn't really get the the shock to the system that you know you and I and Isaiah got after that Sam Houston <laughs> punch to the face. Was that last week? I think that was. That was, last was. Week, yeah. That was yeah. Last week, yeah. Um. So this just. So you had this. You were. You're. I don't know if that was on the pod or between the pods. Um, yeah, this didn't make sense to me, but you, you, this, and this, I think this line went up too, right? From yeah, six? It, it was, I saw a seven, I think it briefly touched seven earlier today, came back down a bit, but this was, this was a blowout. They won it by 18, Liberty won by 18. I grabbed that. I see, I, again, this is where, and the next one's going to be an example of this. FanDuel and early week grab lines early in the week, and then you don't even have to like. I had five and a half, so I I didn't like. I, I mostly now Liberty did come back. They were a bit iffy in the first half. Second half they put it on, but I had five and a half. I had their running back over seventy five and a half rushing yards. He had eighty seven at the half, ended with one hundred and fifty some odd. Um, I also then uh, alt spread up to thirteen and a half. That cashed. Had twenty and a half. That did not cash. I am still a little sad about that one, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, g- 
good solid win on that one. That's fine. So, but yeah, no, Liberty is. I I think in a lot of cases, I think especially with these um with these power five ones, I think the book's model is very kind of lazy. I think it's just kind of like, oh well, people are gonna like. I I think in in some ways they're they're better at modeling people's what people are gonna do rather than what the law like what outcome actually is because yeah. I think they're like oh Liberty almost lost to Sam Houston an undef- a team that hasn't won yeah. a game yet they're horrible so we're going to have to put it to six to get people to bet on it right and people are going to be like oh mm-hmm. you know Jacksonville State they beat Middle Tennessee State a team that has one win okay right so I think in that case I think they're 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 using lines much more on, on human better behavior but we're sitting here with books that like we're sitting here with models that are just like that line is horrible we're going to crush it and sure enough that was correct, right? So, uh, I think I had 26, which again, had they scored another touchdown, it would have basically been correct. So, yeah, this is barely not a play for me. I actually had just my model had it at 13, which actually seems a little conservative since this is, you know, unofficially the Liberty is a menace podcast. If I would just, if you, if you threw away my model and asked me to make a line, I would have probably made it closer to 18 or 20. Um, mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm not going to, you know, I have enough data to, to not. To know better oh, than to argue actually, with my... That's right. I, I had 19.8. I had 36 to 16. So that's actually kind of very close. That's actually very close to what the re- result was. Because it was yeah. 31 to 13. So, wow. that's Sometimes the model scares me, guys, actually. Like it does. <laughs> um, All right. And this next one. Um, this is kind of in the same... I think you make a really good point. Um, you know... I don't, I don't kind of want to be uh, presumptuous, but I, I just, I do think I know Conference USA better than bookmakers. I just do. I think they, you know, I guess the other thing too, is they just kind of have, maybe to your point, I think that a lot of the times, and this drives me nuts when I hear, I don't know, you make a living doing this, but when you're, when you're, you're, um, when your clients are laying minus 110, you can do this. They just have a number. And it seems like it's just a number they kind of carry in their head and it might move one point or two points depending on a result rather than, you know, I re and you rethink everything every week based on all the cumulative data that changes and all that implies against the prior events too. And they're, I just, I don't know if they're doing that or not. I can't see because their numbers are so stated. Um, and I think, you know, to bring it back to this next one, you minus one and a half at FIU. Um, I, I just, this doesn't seem right to me at all. And, you know, we're going to talk about this later in the plays, but FIU, you've got an absolute, here we go again. I'm sorry. This is not the crap on the guy, but it seems to be. You clearly have some of the Grayson James exit game, that horrible negative 155 apex that's dragging down a lot of their stats. Great. He's not on their team. Throw it out. And I don't know. Do you think these bookmakers actually know the significance of that and how good his backup is? So this is actually even worse. I got away with bloody murder on this line. Guess what I got FIU at? Um, don't say like three. Three and a half. Oh my gosh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I got three and a half spread and money line. So I'm sitting here like, okay, I don't care. Like th- th- yeah. it's over. Like I like, uh, th- and this is the thing, right? Like no, a hundred percent. Like I think, and now FI. See the thing is again, this is the same thing. FIU, bad early season, got crushed by a Liberty team that just barely beat Sam Houston. Oh, guys, I don't know. They just Liberty may not be that good. Maybe maybe them beating FIU isn't that good. Well, guess what? Liberty just pounded Jacksonville State. 
Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh, maybe Liberty actually is good. So maybe FI, like Liberty crushing FIU means FIU isn't actually that bad, and UTEP is actually that bad. So now, like, I don't even. This might be something. I don't even know what this is. Let me see what this is right now. Maybe this is like literally moving as we speak. Yep, Florida International minus two, right? So they, the books have realized, yeah. like, oh shoot, we have a massive liability here. Yeah. Um, we should get out of this one. Yeah, and you know, I guess the thing is that I. I think I know this better than the books because you had, okay, you had the crap game. Then you had three really good games in a row from FIU. Really good games from a brand new quarterback. And then what did you have? They got crushed um, by Liberty. Guess what? Liberty would do that to a lot of teams. That doesn't mean you're bad. It means that you're a football team that's not a power five um, really good team. That's all what that means. Great. You play in Conference USA. I can forgive that. And then what I said in part one um, about FIU losing by two scores at New Mexico State. It was um, it was um, the quarterback's first conference road game against an underrated New Mexico State team. I can I can toss those. Maybe this is the horse racing guy in me really quickly and just say, all right, they were in a stakes race. They're not stakes horses, and they just had you know they were on the wrong track. Toss them. If I go back to you know three, four, five races ago, this is a quality horse. They were just misspotted for two games. Um, just they were up against it. I I, I don't know. Would you say it's at? Is it two and a half now? It's no, it's Florida International minus two now. Like this line is completely yeah, jumped the Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I bet it goes across three by by the time it kicks. Yeah, I think because that's what it really moves. Tonight, gonna, uh, let me. Yeah. I might, I might just bet that right now. Actually, while we're talking about the next point, uh, okay. like, <laughs> it, like it, it's moving that fast, right? So yeah, it's two and a half in another book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna bet All that. Right. You, you talk. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Stanford at Colorado, this is, I think, the first time I've actually I, – I bring this up because this one actually makes sense to me. This feels like the first game that I I, I feel that the market actually has a sense for what Colorado is. Um, you know, they were just making stabs through the Oregon game. Um, clearly, the, the USC game was just – there was just a lot of Caleb Williams in that number and not any kind of reality. But I think you didn't really know because you had such div- – divergent results. I think with Colorado, you know, showing well against USC, especially in the second half, and then showing again at Arizona State, basically at the same level as USC, you know, winning in a one-score game at ASU, same opponent at the same venue. Um, I think that the market knows what Colorado is. And, you know, this number kind of makes sense to me. Um, I'm not going to bet it because it seems right. I don't even see what I have it as, but, um, you know, that's the real reason I wouldn't bet it. But, I just brought this up because it it, it, it feels right. Um, it just seems the, like the first time market knows what it's doing. You, you have it the same way. I, I've got them. My, my model is a 13 and a half. I got 28, which seems a bit too high, but I kind of do like Colorado, and I think Stanford's defense is not good. I think this model is saying, okay, Stan, uh, USC and Colorado played in a shootout. USC eviscerated Stanford. Therefore, Colorado should eviscerate Stanford less, but still eviscerate them. And I think no, I I think uh, I got this at yeah. I think I got this at, I got this under ten. I think I got this at either eight or nine. I think it was nine. So I I had this on, I have this already, but man, it's just like yeah, I I I worry about stuff like this. This could be like a Shadur Sanders over maybe. I, I will say though that like the last two weeks, Kenny Dillingham there at Arizona State has actually been doing some stuff. That team might not be horrible in another next year, right? So yeah, I I I don't 
I think a lot of people are knocking Stanford because of that. And I think there's going to be, but again, people are going to always be on Colorado. And I, I'm not sure. I may have already cashed, or I might need Colorado to win this week to win my Colorado over win total bet. So I'm not sure. But uh, either way, I, I like they've got a lot of games against teams that are not as good as USC and and, and Oregon. So I, I feel confident about that. Yeah, and this isn't you know the purpose of this, but you brought up something that's interesting, and I didn't. I only thought about it when you said it. Arizona State this year reminds me a lot of Arizona under uh, the first year under Jed Fish, where the talent isn't there, but the buy-in is 110%. It is exactly like it, even back to like the very fraught quarterback position where you were looking at a Borgay and a Drew Pine. It's just like those horrible quarterbacks that, that Arizona had their first year. Gunner, Gunner Cruz and some other guy that was just horrible. And my guy Jordan McLeod got like five snaps. It's very disappointing. All right, Iowa State at Cincinnati. Um, I think Iowa State is kind of ahead of schedule here. Um, their defense is good. Um, you know, they just they beat TCU, and maybe TCU is coming back to earth. I, you know, man, maybe this is just saying that Cincinnati is okay. It's it's equal and neutral field. I just think Iowa State's better, and the quarterback is brand new. You know, he was. Uh, Beck is his name. Um, he's improving quite a bit, and yeah, maybe I was I talk about it. Maybe the drawback is okay. It's a road conference game, and this is where he kind of soils himself a little bit. But this just seemed short to me. Again, you know, not my it's model, up, but yeah, it's up to five. I'm looking at this live. It is up to five, but even then, that like three and a half is like kind of the same as a five. It's not that different. What uh, Cincinnati's like the, up to five? Minus five, yeah. Cincinnati's up to minus five. Yeah, that, see, and yeah, I, I just think Iowa State's a better team. My model actually has them better by a field goal here, too. I I have Cincinnati by a touchdown. So that the fact that we're both differing on that means I'm just not going to touch this. Okay. Um, I will say, though, that Ames, Iowa specifically, is a really weird place to play. I think that people going there, it's the same kind of thing as Wyoming. Because my model, I'm not sure if your model does adjust for home field. I think I'm, I need to start doing that uh, for some stuff. I'm going to figure out how to do that in the off offseason. Um, but I think it does have an impact, and especially some of these places. Like, for example, uh, New Mexico State vastly outperformed the spread last week. When they, people, like, Who wants to go? to New Mexico State, right? <laughs> Wyoming, same thing, Fresno State, right? They clearly underperformed what they should. They should not have lost to Wyoming, but they did, right? Ames, Iowa is another place. So if Iowa plays really good at home, when we put that into the average, maybe Iowa looks better or maybe worse than they would in aggregate, right? So that's something interesting to look at. Again, fun fact, guess who travels to Iowa State in a couple of weeks? They're Longhorns, right? So watch out for that game. Yeah. That is a game that no matter what my mall says, I will not touch it, but I will watch it with sick fascination, like a moth <laughs> at a flame, um, because anything could happen. And that could be that loss that get, gets me. Because I also have Texas under 10.5, too. Now they have other teams that they have to play, too. I think they have to play TCU, but TCU isn't that good. But you never know. Sometimes these guys could they, – they got one last shot at Texas before they go to the SEC. I think some of these teams are going to – some teams that aren't as bad as some of the other ones they've played – they're going to they're gonna use their shot, right? Especially one of the lower ones. Like, Kansas is fine, because Kansas is a school where it's like, hey, we're actually good at basketball, so we have, we're okay if you beat us here, because we, we're good at, ba- we beat you in basketball anyway, but like, Iowa State, yeah, okay. TCU, okay. This is, like, these are, like, not good schools in sports, and they're going to love the fact that they can take out Texas in, in, uh, in this, so. 
yeah, I, 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 I don't want to touch this. I think the fact that we have two different things means you don't touch this. Yeah, fair. Um, I don't understand this next one at all. Um, GM, you only given three and a half to Georgia Southern. Um, you know, now I'm not saying my stats are, are the be all end all, but God, you know, I GMU, let me just kind of skip back here real quick. I have them in the top 20 for, yeah, they're number 20 in my power ratings and I have them top five in strength of record. And again, I'm not saying that I'm just the smartest guy on the walk the planet earth, but it just, you know, God, there's not like I'm making these numbers up. Um, and again, you know, K Ford has them as a top 20 team in strength of record too. I don't get, I mean, they're so much better than Georgia Southern. Um, that struck me as crazy. And I don't know if uh, I forget cause I'm old and I forget stuff, but I've got them. Yeah. 12 points better than Southern. Um, in this spot, I don't my know what I'm missing. Yeah. My mom Southern really throws the for opposite. I, okay. I really have the opposite. I have your Georgia Southern better by 11. That's very How weird. How about I, this? Do you have interception rate in your model? Maybe because yeah. they, okay. They, this guy throws a ton of picks. Davis Brin, he was at Tulsa. He, he, he's got the whole Grant Wells likes to throw it to the other team guy, uh, virus. <laughs> I think he had five at Wisconsin. Yeah. I've got a, I've got 45% chance of him throwing two plus interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, this this just looks short to me, but you actually have Georgia Southern winning straight up? Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, that's enough for me to not – because I actually do like James Madison. That's enough for me to not touch it. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe – yeah, kind of going back to the Colorado thing, um, your model kind of almost, it seems like, um, goes exponential with these great quarterbacks – with great numbers. And there might be a little bit of that where, cause Bryn throws for a ton of yards, but um, now I can't, I don't know. I can't see it. All right. That is, Toledo that, that is actually is something I, I'll quickly point out that that is something yeah. I, I kind of agree with. I think maybe, cause I, I think specifically Caleb Williams has broken the model in many places, I yeah. think. And I think even to a lesser extent, Joe Milton has with Tennessee and some of these other ones. And I think there is some pieces and even in the, in the NFL model where I think, some of I think for some I think the defenses are being undervalued and I think you see that when you look at total plays because it, it's weird when my model says under it's an underplay when my model says over it's not necessarily an overplay yeah and like yeah because uh, I I've noticed that with the NFL if my model says it's an underplay you play the under you just absolutely mm-hmm. pound that under because it's correct and even if everybody else is saying it's over it's like no 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 my model's right it's under but if my model says over yeah be careful of that. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think I think another update for the model in the future is going to have to give the defense some teeth here and, and maybe clamp down on some of these on, on some of these quarterbacks and figure out why it's now. Now, it's good reason. And I'd rather have a model that says a good quarterback is better than a not good quarterback. I, I, I don't yep. hate that, but I think there is still a little sometimes it's a bridge too far. And I think that needs to be clamped down on the offseason, maybe give the defense no, some yeah. teeth. And that's, that's why I think our models go well together because I've got this luck that there's a high correspondence to quarterbacks. So there's some kind of magic, quarter, good quarterback magic that I'm missing out on. So that's yeah. why the joint plays work uh, or the dual model plays work. Um, but as a reminder, yeah, USC did not score 103 at Arizona State as, <laughs> as your model predicted. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, the next one's interesting. Toledo minus 15 and a half at Ball State. The, this is one of those classic, um, I don't get the total and the line. Um, I can see Toledo giving 15 and a half. I can't see the total being 52 and a half because, let me do the math here, 37. I can't see Ball State scoring 18 points. They're just not that good. Toledo's defense is not what it, what it usually is, but Ball State's offense is just just a joke. Um, I I can't see this one going close to 52 and a half um, unless Daquan Finn just has like, you know, the game of his life here. That is, I, I do, that's fair. I, I do actually weirdly have the over, but I, maybe that's a bit too high on Daquan Finn, but I only have Daquan Finn throwing for 192 yards. I think them having, I have them getting this done on the ground. So, um, yeah. Let's see, balls date. Yeah, Ball State is actually, yeah, they're like, and it looks like they're nationally like bottom 15 or so in offense. Um, and again, Toledo's defense is not not their usual standard, but I can't see, I can't, I don't know. I can't see Ball State keeping up their side. That yeah, I, I, I said I'm going to not play team totals, but that might be something to keep an eye on. Maybe just if you can get it, because that says, eight, that implies 18. I think if you can get below 20 for 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 Ball State, that'd be something to jump on there. And this last one, okay, Wake Forest giving one at Virginia Tech. Um, I'm kind of just using just, you know, stupid transitive logic here. I'm, I'm going back to this to saying you just played Clemson within four points and you're only giving one to lowly Virginia Tech. Um, has Virginia Tech won a game yet? Uh, they Have they beat an FBS team? Oh, that's okay. Maybe that's does that that might be it. <laughs> okay. It's not been good. All right. That so no, currently Wake not. Forest and is I actually think... an underdog. I can't. I can't believe that. Um, and maybe I. I don't know. It just maybe I would. I would think there'd be a little more juice in Wake Forest playing Clemson at Clemson to within four points. And maybe this is a legitimate line. Maybe this is speaking more to God. Clemson is really, you know, on the struggle bus. Maybe that's that's the takeaway is here. It could be that. It could also be the books are over are overvaluing Florida State, right? Because if the books think Florida State's really really good, the fact that they did cover the spread against Florida State and they ran for six yards rush against Florida State. But remember, our model says Florida State's rush defense is horrible. So therefore, right. Yeah. I yeah, I yeah. So I've got I've got I've got Wake Forest minus twelve. So twelve and a half. Twelve point four. So I've got I've got that I've got seems, Wake Forest. Yeah. That seems correct actually. That seems like a correct statement. Yeah, it does. Um, but I, I just I almost wonder if at some point they're just kind of like, Yeah, no, we have no idea if Wake Forest like I think they think that Clemson is I think they think Clemson is bad, but Virginia, like uh, Florida State, is really, really good. And I think when they think that, then it means that they say, "Okay, well, you covered against Florida State, so therefore you're actually not bad." But then now, this, the, I mean, our, the spreads were functionally the same. I mean, it's two two spread, two point bigger spread for, um, for 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 uh, Florida State versus Virginia Tech than Clemson. Now, again, it's not transitive property, but they were functionally. Florida State Clemson functionally played to a draw. They did go to overtime, right? So you'd say they functionally equal. So whatever that. But like 
Wake Forest not only was the spread cover never really in, was never in doubt. They also almost won that game, but Virginia was never competitive in that game, and they did cover the spread, but they barely covered the spread, and they could have easily lost that game like fifty to ten. So, I I, I think that I, I I'm playing Wake Forest here. I don't care. Yeah, done. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing. It. Yeah, I think. Yeah, again, I think that this might be just kind of like speaking more to Clemson than these two teams. Also, I think there's an element, an element of kind of the mushy middle of the lower class of the ACC here, and they just said, "Okay, you guys figure it out. We'll just put a point here and let the market dictate." Yeah. All right, deeper dives. So I've referred to you know it's about to end tomorrow for Marshall for a while, and I was just totally flummoxed by why they keep on having like the top pass defense in all of FBS. So. I wanted to figure out what exactly are we looking at here. So here's kind of the you know the big picture on them. They're three and one against FBS teams. They're one and zero oh in the very good. Remember, I have as an average the Sun Belt is an average FBS conference, uh, the best of the group of five. Um, like I said, their defensive apex is first in FBS. It's a nine, which is nuts. Um, and their head coach Charles Huff is, you know, his background is as a running back coach. Um, Alabama, Mississippi State, Penn State, and Western Michigan. So here's here's a breakdown of their FBS games so far. Um, I kind of really missed just how bad their opponents are so far. Um, you know, East Carolina. I, this is like, you know, their their their, their power rating is like bottom bottom 10 nationally, Virginia Tech, we thought, oh, you know, we said, okay, great. You beat them, but they're not that really that good. I mean, they're rated 81st in, in all of FBS. Old Dominion, nice win. Actually, um, this goes back to like, I don't understand Old Dominion. <laughs> I got to see a game to understand what's going on. Um, great. You beat them. I'm all credit to you. Um, they were losing for a lot of that game. Um, and NC State is actually sneaky bad. They're rated 100th, which is probably one of the worst of your FBS or your Power 5 teams. They actually lost that game. This is where it gets really interesting. So this is basically saying, based on how each team played in that game, what is the, you know, what is the post-game win probability, you know, for Marshall based on how each team played? Yeah, you dominated a great or a horrible East Carolina team. Great. Good for you. Um, you actually were completely outplayed by Virginia Tech. You just got lucky to win that one. You were outplayed even worse by Old Dominion. You actually had a 28% um, win probability based on how you played. And then you actually um, did lose um, legitimately to NC State. So you've got two horrible loss or horrible wins here. I've also just basically said, you know, kind of following on my uh, strength of record, I've said, okay, well, how would the average FBS team do against each of these teams here? And you can see that basically in, especially in this Virginia Tech win, they way, way underperformed your typical FBS team. Uh, and again, NC State, they way overperformed. So, you know, their, their, their win plus against an average, you know, their, their strength of record win plus is, is you know, almost a, a one negative game. Um, and they've got a pretty high luck ratio here too. Basically you've got three wins and it should be two. So you've got over one game of luck, um, which not to spoil what's coming up, you know, usually that corresponds to quarterback play. Um, guess what? They don't have it here. <laughs> so I'm looking at what do we have to, you know, going forward, what, what do we have to expect? So 
what they've played to date, you know, the average opponent's offensive ranking is a rating is a negative six point one. I've highlighted, I, I've I put in red the teams that they have left that are better than the average opponent they face so far. Guess what? Every offense that they have to play for the rest of the season is better than this average that they've played so far. So the water gets a lot deeper on the defensive end. Um, you know, they're going to catch a little bit of break in playing some easier offenses. They're, you know, it's it's not that huge different two points. Um, you know, JMU is not going to be easy in South Alabama. These are really good defenses. Um, and the opponent total rating, again, their next six games are against opponents that are significantly better than what they faced on average so far too. Um, and I've just got the FBS ranked too. So they're, they're playing, you know, they've played on average the 90th ranked overall team. That's going to go to a 61 for uh, opponents going forward. And just, I've got Marshall's rating here just to show, look, you know, their, their power rating is a 5.3 and their average future opponents is a plus 1.4. So, you know, Basically, before you get to venue adjustments, they're on average almost a touchdown worse than you know than in every game on average. Mm-hmm. Um, so the water's going to get really, really deep for them. Um, starting with my guy Darren Granger at Georgia State. You know, getting specific to their number one ranking in defensive apex, it just didn't sit right with me. So I wanted to see, well, who have they actually played? So of their four FBS opponents, you know, hey. I'm not going to crap on anybody for, for actually, um, um, you know, having such, you know, having the number one defensive apex, but there needs to be a lot of context here. East Carolina has the second worst passing offense in all of FBS. I don't even know who's worse. It's, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but seven is a joke. That is horrible. Um, you know, 82 is, is not good, even if you're a Sunbelt team. So, you know, these are below average as well. And then NC State is sneakily horrible, 35. So they've played a team, you know, the average offense they've played has an apex of 52. That gets you on the bum list. It's like on average, they've played four bum list members so far this season. And again, good job having the number one pass defense, but, um, I want to say it's expected, but I'm not giving you a lot of extra points for that. This is a horrible slate of passing offenses that they've they've faced. So, you know, what are they facing going forward? Well, my gosh, look at this. <laughs> look at the apex rating of these teams going forward. 133 and 137, you know, 87 is even higher than, than anything they faced so far. 77 is kind of on par with the two good ones that they're the two best that they face, which are still below average. South Alabama, again, with that guy who's number four on the Ryan list. Um, I forget his name, but there's something going on there. And then Arkansas State, I've got an asterisk here because they made a, a change at quarterback. Um, Jalen Naylor is their new quarterback. He's a freshman. So this is his apex rating, uh, 191. And that includes a game against, I think they just played Troy. So it's not like he's got a bunch of fluff in there. He's actually played a legitimate um, offense. He's probably not on 191. I don't think he's as good as Michael Penix, but um, definitely there's some skill there. So I think that this, you know, I don't know if it's going to go away in one fell swoop, but I don't expect to see Marshall in the top 30 or even 40 in defensive apex rating at season's end. They're going to face some weaker rushing offenses here, but, um, you know, okay, great. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I I agree. I've got them as nine point dogs to 
Georgia State this week, and they are actually currently a one-point dog. So there's definitely some value there. So yeah, let me see what I've got. Then, I, then what happens is I make this whole screen about this, and I probably have it like <laughs> I probably have it even. Um, who are they playing? Uh, Southern. Where is that game? Georgia State. Georgia you State. You have Georgia your State. things backwards, and okay. Let me see if I can find that. Where do I have it at? There we go. Yeah, I've got Georgia State by seven and a half. You got them by like nine and a half, you said? Yeah. Nine. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's about to turn here. So overall, here's their, you know, their their resume within the division and conference. So in the, in the East, there's seven teams. They're actually seven of seventh of seven in offense. Seventh of seven in defense. The only thing that that is even kind of hopeful is their pass defense, which is first. So their total power rating is last. This is interesting. They have a big, um, a, you know, they're second in, in, in luck uh, rating in the Sun Belt East. Out of 14 teams in the entire Sun Belt, which includes some real turds, especially in the West, they're 11th in offense. Again, 11th in defense, 11th in total, but they're second in luck. Um, I don't see that being sustainable because if I look at their apex play, just skipping ahead a little bit, you know, Cam Fancher, uh, I pointed out before this season that he stinks. Um, at least he stunk last season. He's actually stunk worse so far this, this season. He was a 76 apex last season down to a 72. The real purpose here was to show, okay, Doc Holliday, his last season, you know, coaching Marshall, they, they were not good on offense, but they at least passed the ball with some semblance of, of competence here. Huff comes in and he moves the offense up by, by a good amount, you know, almost eight points. Great. That is great. And the apex goes up a little bit. This is where it gets really concerning for me. Now he gets his own guy that he hasn't, hasn't been coached by a really good guy in holiday. Um, we have the offense takes a big step back and you know, the apex is stuck in the seventies. That's a big concern. I've seen so many instances from Larry Coker to you name it about, okay, guy A comes in and does a good job with um, the talent that was developed by somebody else. And then when it's his own talent, look out below, this is what look out below looks like. And what's really concerning here is to go back to what I said in the, you know, at the start, he's a former running backs coach. He's an offensive guy. You shouldn't be having this kind of problems on the offensive side of the ball at this point. You should not be consistently sucking at, at, at passing the ball. So why do I bring this up? You know, aside from luck is going to run out soon here. Um, hey, Brett McMurphy, God bless you. He says, Charles Huff is a, is a candidate for the Michigan State job. Guess what? Have, what? Haven't I been saying this for like a year and a half now about, hmm, You've got a defensive coordinator who's now, you know, the only strength of his, his only good team was offense. It's literally like they're going to make the same mistake again. I don't know what they're thinking. My gosh. Um, I kind of went off on this um, on, on Dylan's pod yesterday. Um, but the lack of just, just, just kind of any kind of analysis that identifies these kind of just misses is unreal. I can't believe he's a candidate for this job. And I've heard his, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, he's going to get a good job soon. I don't know. Not saying it's not going to happen, but I think it'd be a much, it's going to be a much harder hire to make based on the schedule that we see coming up and what I expect to see happening with that D that, you know, that one little thing that, that good pass defense and luck 
which is going to run out because they don't have the quarterback to support it. Um, I think it, it really goes down the elevator shaft um, by the end of November here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. I think I, I think there's a non a pretty good chance here that Michigan State could just completely screw this up and hire yeah. an auditor <laughs> coach to replace. I, I think it's probably better than not chance, to be honest. I mean, looking at this list, okay. Um, Mike Elko, good. Thumbs up. Yep. Dan Enos, Arkansas, uh, that's kind of iffy. Matt oh, Hamilton, no. LSU. No, iffy's way too generous. Let's go yes. on. Okay. Let's not forget, Fine. yeah, they've been on that updates about how bad their running game is for weeks now. Sorry, yes. go on. Matt House, LSU defensive coordinator. That's yeah. shocking. The the thing that's making <laughs> yeah. LSU lose games is going to get him the head coaching job at Michigan State. Okay, Charles Huff, okay. Yeah, theoretically, surface-level turnaround a program, but under the surface, there's some concerns there. That's a problem. Pat Narduzzi, what? Uh, this makes no sense. What, because Pitt won the ACC three years ago? Really? That's enough to get him the head coaching job at a Big Ten school, which is functionally a lateral move? Well, he okay. was an assistant there, yeah, which apparently means I, everything. And Mike Tressel, Wisconsin, D.C., yeah, their defense has been pretty good. There hasn't been really any problems with Wash- with Wisconsin's defense. Their problems are a bit more on offense, but I guess that's okay. It's, I'm not like, wow, but like Elko be- but like again, though, like this is, like Elko is good, but outside of this, everything else is decidedly iffy. Decidedly iffy to outright horrible. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, that house, concerns. I mean, at that point, just, just put Alex Grinch on the list, too. I mean, might as well. So <laughs> Okay, let's go. <laughs> I missed the no, 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 no's here. This is interesting. Um, yeah, so we're going to, my, for my deeper dive, it's it's about the midseason. It's time to talk about uh, the Heisman favorite. So I, had, I just basically found the cup first kind of blocks for um, for the uh, for Heisman favorites here on Bet365. Um, now, I, I went down here because I wanted to include Jalen Milrow. Um, you didn't want to go too, too far. Um, but yeah, Jalen Milrow is an interesting one there. I think that that's a hundred to one. It looks like, um, I mean, if, if, if Bama were to run the table, beat Georgia and then somehow like, but see, the problem is the top three are really hard to get around because if one of them emerges unscathed and undefeated, whichever team that is will probably, that person will probably win the Heisman. Right. But like, there's a path for Jalen Milrow, but it's not great. Shadur Sanders, no, that ship sailed. Riley Leonard, he's literally injured. He's week to week. That's not a good bet at all. Also, they're probably going to lose to someone else that's going to eliminate them. DJ Lakalahai, they already lost to Washington State. Oregon's got some. Oregon State's got some other tough teams to play. That's not going to happen. Kyle McCord, I kind of leave this as a not no because theoretically he could get better, and if they actually figure out how to score points, maybe and win the Big Ten. But I don't think this team is that good. I think this team is probably worse than Penn State. Um, even though my model doesn't have that, it's because of weird knock-on effects of Penn, people who Penn State have beaten turning out to be horrible. doesn't mean Penn State's bad. It just means that, according to my model, they're, it's diminishing. Cam Ward, no. Washington State's going to collapse at some point. They kind of already did when they lost to UCLA. They're going to play someone good, and then they're going to lose. Marvin Harrison Jr., eh, I don't really like that one. That's kind of very iffy as well. Drew Aller, eh, I, I don't hate it, but the problem is the fact that, like, again, we're running into the same issue of... Washington, USC, Oregon. Whoever wins that is probably going to could potentially win the Heisman. So you need some chaos happening there. 
Um, Sam Hartman, no, they already lost two games. I don't even know why he's 66. This is just Irish fans betting on things. <laughs> Carson Beck, again, no. No one, like, okay, he had one good game. Good for him. That does not mean he's, he's not going to win the Heisman. Georgia's problems are still there. They didn't just fix them all just by deciding to beat Kentucky one time. Blake Corum, maybe. I mean, but the thing is, Michigan's going to have to sweep. They're going to have to beat Penn State and Ohio State, and then maybe you can. They seem to be taking the ball away from McCarthy, which is kind of interesting because he's been he's starting to be talked about as a first-round pick for in the NFL, which is weird because people are like, oh, we don't like quarterbacks who are very conservative with the ball like Kirk Cousins, but literally J.J. McCarthy is Kirk Cousins, so I don't know why but I think Blake Corm should probably be the favorite over McCarthy, and maybe they're putting him there because of injury concern, but you're looking at a point or two of difference there between 33 to 1 and 50 to 1 anyways. Brock Bowers, no, they're not going to give it to the tight end. They're just That's against their religion. Uh, Jaden Daniels, he's injured. I don't know why he's at 33 to 1. Quint Ewers, no. Texas no, 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 is no, 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 no. That's... Jaden Daniels is the LSU guy. Oh, okay. They've already lost two games, so they're out. I don't know why he's the thirty-three to one. Like they're going to lose another game to someone, and they're probably going to beat Bama, but then lose to someone else. So that's not there. Quint Ewers, um, they're going to lose a random game at some point too. Drake May eighteen to one. This one's kind of interesting. If North Carolina was to beat the next team, whether it's actually Jordan Travis at sixteen to one, if they were to beat them, and then go undefeated through the ACC. There might be a path there. Like, I think if the, if the path is if, like, Oregon goes undefeated through USC with Washington, and then it's Drake May versus Bo Nix for the Heisman, I think, and if, if North Carolina were to beat Miami and then beat Clemson and then beat Florida State in the ACC championship game, and then maybe if maybe if all three beat each other up, there's a chance they could win. Or theoretically, Drake May could just look amazing the rest of the year when people are paying attention. Like, 18-1 to 1 is not bad for Drake May. Like, the, the reason I said you can't bet Drake May early in the season was because their defense was going to let them down at some point. But now that may not necessarily be the case. So that's a potential play. Jordan Travis, I, I don't see it. I'm worried about this Florida State team. I think they're going to drop a game somewhere. Dylan Gabriel, I actually already have this at 18-1, to 1, and I like it, but I, at 12-1, to 1, I think it's a bit too rich. Bonix is not bad. I think Oregon's the better team, but again, you're betting on basically chaos to happen. Yeah, six to one is a bit too short. If that was twelve to one, I'd be all over it. But six is too short. <clears throat> and then Penix Jr. and Caleb Williams. I just, I, I, I think I don't know who wins in this matchup. I think Washington does, which is why he's favored. I think the books are basically saying Washington's a better team, but I think Oregon's better than both of them. So I just. I don't know. That's why I kind of don't hate the Drake May angle. If like Drake May looks, if he keeps running for 400 yards and three touchdowns for the next like six weeks, I think he could win potentially. But that that's my take on it. I'm just very iffy on Jordan Travis. I think Florida State is due for a loss, and probably a bad loss at some point. Um, but I just I don't know. I think May is playable. I think Corum is playable. Aller is playable. Dylan Gabriel, the ship may have sailed, and I think Bonix, the ship has sailed already, but I think those are your bets for it. And then you just hope for chaos in the Pac-12, and then maybe you can cash someone who's not one of those three, if that makes sense. Yeah, but that, that price on Bonix, the path is there. It's just that, that that price strikes me as kind of like the after they beat Washington rather than before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just don't know if there's value there. I... I don't know. I'm biased, but man, you know, we've, we, we've talked a couple of times about Ohio state doesn't, it's interesting. I'll put it this way. 
the path for beating Ohio State is much um, greater than you're going to get credit for if you do beat them. You'll be treated as if you, you know, you 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 beat, you know, an almost defending national champion, which you kind of did, even though there's there's serious gaps in in the Ohio State resume. Um, I think that that makes Aller a huge value. You know, the path is kind of small there, but it's there. It it's there. You know, you do get Ohio State and Michigan. You do have the opportunities. Um, I have no reason to, uh, I'll put it this way. Um, for national, for, for teams that can, that can make it, you know, with zero one losses, I would put, I would put Penn State's resume up there with literally any team in the country. I'm not saying they're the best team, but in terms of like ending with the best headline record, I'd put Penn State right there. I'd put it ahead of Ohio State right now. Um, I think Penn State can go toe to toe with Michigan a lot better than Ohio State can. I'll put it that way too. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to just grab some Aller here. Yeah, I'm going to get some more Aller too. 66 to 1 is too high. I just, I, I, this is where this gets complicated because I think it's going to be, it's going to be on someone who makes the college football playoff. And mm-hmm. I think for Penn State to make the college football play, like for anybody who has a loss, I think you just have to hope one team just goes, like, you have to hope for no chaos in the Pac 12. They get one of their three in, and then that's it. Because, like at what point? Because like if it's like okay, we have like if somehow like if, if or eh, it's actually because all three play each other, so you can't really have this. But like if Oregon goes Oregon goes undefeated, beats one of Washington or USC twice, the other one the other time, then that's it. They're in the playoff, and then that eliminates both USC and Washington. Done. But at what point is it like? Because the thing is, then assuming Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State or Florida State, or North Carolina, or Georgia, or Alabama, at what point do you are you, if you're not your conference champion, at what point does a one loss, because um, basically you, you have to hope the Pac-12 gets their team in, and then you have to hope for chaos in some other conferences, and then you have to basically say, okay, because at what point does like a one loss Pac-12 champion get in ahead of a non-conference champion, right? That's the problem. Like an undefeated conference champion will get in ahead of a one loss, uh, like a one loss. So you you basically need to win your conference. And I think like Drew Aller at sixty six to one, and then hope for some chaos in the Pac twelve, maybe like a because again, even if Oregon was to win the Pac twelve and like lose a game or two, lose a game there, and then win the Pac twelve, because if it was like two one loss teams in the Pac twelve championship game, then yeah, I think Drew Aller could actually win the Heisman. And then that's a hedge against yeah. I, I kind of like Aller and May. I think those are the best options. Like yeah. Travis is too short. Gabriel is interesting. If they go on, if he goes undefeated, he'll be going to New York as well. But yeah, it's very in flux. And I think you can hedge out some future bets this way as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 the and one of the challenges is to not overhedge and just wind up where you're kind of looking at a you know two year treasury at best mm-hmm. case. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Buck the bookie game. Are you uh, yes. feeling inclined to do anything more here? I've done a lot, and I like the results yeah. so far, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. Nothing this week. Okay. Yeah, 
I don't know. Uh, okay. So here's here's our, our, our plays last week. Um, I kind of did some rough math. And if basically you'd followed all the plays, you would be looking at a 20%-ish, a little bit over that ROI. Um, I had a good week. And you can see it's, um, you know, the totals actually were, as usual, very, uh, what I go? Three and one, which is, that's my game, the totals. Um, you, my gosh, 4 and 0. Four plus an O with that Oklahoma Oklahoma money line bet. Um, the dual model got up to above five hundred after a kind of whatever first week. Uh, the preseason upsets that we called, I actually came through on Iowa State over TCU this week. Um, Colorado State over Boise. Actually, there's there's two other ones here. Georgia State over Marshall. I'm feeling good about that. I've, I didn't highlight that. Uh, this one I just crept on, so I'm not really feeling good about Ball State since I don't think they're going to score more than 10 points. Um, so <laughs> maybe hoping to grab one or two of these preseason calls on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Brandon Moore last week with the he had Texas A&M oh. for Bama. That one didn't count. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I missed that. Again, you get you get credit here again. Remember we said before. Georgia State is the favorite over Marshall. So you, you called an upset that is no longer an upset now. Technically, it's just uh, happening. So it's yeah. an expected result now. So that that's some credit. There. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. So the last slide, the big one. Um, yeah, and you actually – this has moved actually – well, you grabbed this when it was better. So you've got this. I grabbed this as well, the FIU we talked about Um you grabbed this before the the, the grown-up lines, we'll say, came out. Um, New Mexico State, we both, I don't know. I, I think this might be uh, your model getting carried away with our guy, Diego Pavia. 57-point yeah. uh, difference. <laughs> Although, I'll use it as confirmatory of my, uh, my model liking this by 12. So, dual model play there. I think I've grabbed that. One, um, one thing I yeah. will say is that for my model, it uh, what it does is... Now that there's enough data points, it takes away the minimum, like the basically in a team's data set, it takes away the best data point. And it takes away the worst data point. Mm. So now Sam Houston State's best game is just doesn't exist. So that's why it's like yeah, also, makes sense. Mexico okay. State's game, bad games doesn't exist either. Yeah. So it's like well, Sam Houston State, that horrible team that has never done better than being a horrible team. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Michigan State at Rutgers. Actually, you actually have liked Rutgers more than I do, so this is a dual model play. That was very, um, very comforting. I didn't know, but yeah, I think Michigan State is, is sneakily still. I don't think people are realizing just how much the bottom's fallen out here, um, and Rutgers is not as bad um, as as people are thinking. Uh, we're on different sides of the total on Arkansas, Alabama. I'm still playing that. Um, since my model is really good on unders, um, not playing. Actually, no, I am playing Georgia um, since they're an elite defense, and the margin here is. I don't know if that's still at fifty six and a half. Do you have a, a total on that? I haven't grabbed totals yet. My guy has dropped totals. Georgia and yet. Vanderbilt. Uh, fifty six, yeah. still fifty six. Yeah. Okay, I'll play that then, since it's five is kind of the break point for the elite defenses. Um. Yeah, you actually, um, I think I screwed this up. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, you have Cal, we were talking about, and 
I don't know if you you probably have the one of those guys that can't throw the ball at quarterback for Cal, as do I. Um, but I've got this, you know, I've got this margin of twelve, and you've got a margin of like what's a twenty three. So I was a little nervous, and then when I saw your your, you know, what you came at, this is very comforting. So I grabbed that dual model play there. Um, yeah, explain this next one here, um, <laughs> Professor. Thirty nine and a half, huh? I don't know if there's a, a total of thirty nine in this game, <laughs> considering yeah. how much Army likes to drain the clock. So, what this is is, and, and you can see it. So right now, um, Bryson, uh, no, oh, okay, uh, Troy. So when you see a when my model spits out like a massive, like not like a o oh, ten or fifteen or twenty, an absolutely massive, uh, a massive spread like that. Um, what happens is the model it, it simulates it basically calls plays based on, uh, on, on on basically a model. So it's basically like an AI kind of. It's it's more linear regression, but based on the score how much time is left where the ball is placed. Mm. So what happens is as a game becomes more and more of a blowout, um, uh. so what happens, so what happens is it's based off of NFL play calling. It is, there is an adjustment in there because um, generally um, some, some college football teams run a bit more than NFL teams or pass a bit more. So there's some adjustments for that. But what happens is you'll find that as you get deeper into college games, like as you get deeper into NFL games, if they have a big lead, it's just over. It's done. They only ever run the ball. But what happens is in college games, they will still pass the ball. They they are much more open to passing the ball because they're just like whatever. Like okay, we're only up two scores. We need to do something. In the NFL, you're up two scores. You're like that's it. We're done. We're we're done scoring. That's it. Game over. But in college, they're more aggressive on that. So what happens is I only have Troy getting 121 passing yards. So my best guess is that with Army. The result against Boston College, where they ran for a billion yards against them, basically makes the model think that Boston, like Army, is horrible at defending against the run. So as the mm. game gets more and more of a blowout, what happens is then the model says, "Okay, Troy's just going to run the ball." But oh wait, Army is horrible at running the ball. So then you start getting massive rushing breakouts. Like then it's basically like, "Oh, they're running for like eight yards of play and something like just explosive runs all over the place." And the thing is, where sometimes they'll just they'll pull the backups in or something like that. It just keeps it's it keeps snowballing and snowballing. And like I think if you probably go here. Let me see here. What like what are what are Troy's running backs? What are my over under for their running backs here? Yeah, I have Troy's main running back getting two hundred and seventy eight rushing yards. So now obviously they stop him <laughs> at some point in there. They'd be like, okay, you're done. But this is the this is the point, right? It's like at a certain point they just pull the guy and say, "Okay, you're you don't need to keep running the ball anymore. We'll have backups do it that are worse." But this is the problem. It's like you run for that, then yeah, you're going to cover that number, right? So the problem it's a problem, and I this is one of the reasons why in the off season I'm going to work to get college football game play by play data so that I can build the AI better for each team. But for right now, because it's based off that base NFL one, where the second they get massive leads they just start running they only run the ball it's causing some of these blowouts especially against teams that are bad against the run so that makes sense um and you spoke of snow snowballing i think that there's a an element of snowballing in this next total of yours at 96 and a half um mm -hmm. so yeah i'll play the under there since 
I, you know, I'm a little bit, this is one of those things that's weird. <clears throat> Oregon's an elite offense and defense, so I'm not really, the elite defense is is great, but I feel kind of weird playing an under when they have an elite offense. You have two elite offenses here. Um, I'll probably play that for like half a unit. Um, we both like USF here a lot more. I don't understand, you know, I, well, I don't understand what happened at AFU against Tulsa last week, but I don't understand, um, I mean, USF just had one, one off game against UAB and maybe there's just a lot being read into that and FAU to actually winning, but, um, you know, our models are really close on this one. You, you know, we have a 10 and a half and 11 USF over AFAU. Did you play that one yet? I don't think I have no, but I kind of, I do like USF. I do like USF there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to, Actually, I'll still play this for um, since this is like a special here. Iowa at Wisconsin, um, the 37 and a half. I'm projecting 32. You are optimistically at 40 and a half. <laughs> you comfortable with that one? You think there's going to uh, be 40 on the board there? I mean, I, I see. What do I have that score at? I, I can see a scenario where Wisconsin just blows them out, right? The guy in Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean. At a certain point, they're just gonna like Wisconsin could just Wisconsin in the last couple of weeks. They've once they get ahead late in the game, they're just like, okay, we're done. But like, because I not I was like winning like twenty one to three though, right? I mean, this spread is seven. I don't understand why this spread is seven. But I have thirty three to seven as the final score. I think Wisconsin can just keep put, pushing it on, right? And this could kind of look similar to the Penn State Iowa game in some cases, and I that's kind of where I'm getting that higher total from. But I, I kind of. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to play an under here. I just want to pound Wisconsin spread and, and alt spreads because I just don't think – I think Wisconsin's defense is good enough to just completely shut down this Iowa offense. Just not even a chance. And this would – again, Brian Ferentz under five points from what he needed last week, which again is – for this is just snowballing. We're getting to a point where like they're going to have to score like – 50 or like 70 points in the final week to save his job, <laughs> theoretically save his job. But the problem yeah. is now at this point, it's like, oh, well, we lost our starting quarterback and we still won some amount of games. We made a bowl game and it, they're not going to, they won't fire him off of this. They won't because it's going to be like, well, we lost our starting quarterback and this and this. There's going to be all excuses. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the new AD will have some teeth and be like, no, you're gone, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. <clears throat> um, all right. I've got, I've got Missouri and Kentucky going over 53. That actually seems a little short. I wonder if that's, there's a, if that, that total's gone up. I just, I can't see that. I mean, what, what I say that the, the average game is 52. I can't see it seems to be an average game. Just in, nothing that involves Missouri 50, is an average game. It's 52 and a half. So, I don't get that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And you actually, you've got, you've got some snowball in there too. You've got 74 and a half, which actually seems more like it to me. Um, this could be like the get well game for um, Devin Leary too, where he just really clears the sinuses and goes nuts. Um, I kind of want to say there's no chance that USC and Notre Dame score 107 combined, but I know USC's defense too well where it could happen. Um, I'm going to take the over here. I've got the over, um, and I've got the confirmatory with you as well. Um, you going to take that over here? 
Yeah, I'll take that over. I think that's. I think that over. I think the Missouri. I kind of actually do like those two overs. Um, my I, the thing is, it's like on one hand, it's like yeah, Notre Dame's defense the last couple of weeks hasn't been amazing, but at the same time, USC's defense has been that bad. But USC's offense is really good. Like, I understand USC being a dog here, but at the same point, like every time you can get Caleb Williams at plus money, I think you take it too. Like that's not. I think I have. I think I do have USC as a favorite. Probably. I think a big favorite here, which is probably a bit too yeah, big. But yeah, we're we're way different here. You've got him like sixty-three to thirty-seven or something like that. What do you have? Maybe. Uh, well, I'm so you, that's another one we're seven, but you've got some sixty something something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have Notre Dame by fourteen points here. Oh wow! Um, we're both so all I've over the map here. Yeah, I've got it like forty-four thirty. Yeah, we're way different. Um, and I will say my model's been closer on USC recently. Um, basically, the last three or four weeks. That's fair. So I'll, I'll bet the over here, though. Um, the only thing that concerns me a little bit is supposed to rain, but I don't know. USC's yeah. an over team at this point. This next one, um, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, I'm going to be the, the dope that goes in after Miami just completely craps the bed and says, well, their metrics are still good. Um, well, guess who else says their metrics are still good is you. Um, you have Miami blowing out North Carolina here. Yeah, this is concerning to me too. I looking at this, I just <laughs> like concerning. I don't wanna, I don't want to touch this. This is I've I've already bet UNC here. I, like I can't I, I like here's the thing. I put a small bet on UNC. They win. Yay, I'm happy. They don't win. Okay. Like they they cover the three and a half. They don't okay, right? Like I just I, I Looking back on it, it's seeming like Miami's wins came against teams that weren't particularly good, and UNC seems legit, and maybe our models are just a little too slow to react to what happened last week with Georgia Tech, but, like, I can't, I can't back this Miami team after that. Like, I mean, if they had won that, but this is the thing, right? Yeah, if, they, if they take the, if yeah, they take the I, win by three, we're talking about it was an ugly win, but then we're like, oh, man, it's so bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, I kind can't of think that's why that, that that's. I think that's why it, that might be actually the, the aside from just the metrics. That's. I think that kind of weirdly makes me feel better because you're if you're taking Miami, you're probably getting a lot of that um, juice in your line. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make um, sense. <clears throat> I want to look up one thing here. Where is you? Um, yeah, Miami's post post game win expectancy against Georgia Tech was seventy six percent. So they did just screw the pooch that badly, unbelievable. And that's just not just like screwing up that last sequence. It's just like that's a whole game of screwing up to lose a game where you you basically have a seventy six percent win expectancy. Um, and then there's a couple of UCLA and Oregon State plays here um, where we. Well, we agree on, on UCLA, who I said weeks ago is criminally overrated or underrated, overlooked. Pardon me. Um, I like them to win straight up, as do you actually like them more than I do. Um, I'm very confident in that. I like the underplay, too. I really like um, I like that UCLA defense against basically anybody. And I really like Dante Moore at the road, on the road um, kind of struggling again against a decent defense. So... Um. Yeah, that's not a that's not a a, a 
I gotta fix that. That's not a dual model play. Pardon me, dear viewer. I screwed that up. That's just a buck play. Um, we did not have a great um, a great week on the wrong teams favored. We can strike FIU since they're actually favored now. But uh, UCLA, both our models like straight up as the wrong team favored. Um, probably pay about what plus one fifty. I'm guessing at that at that spread. Um, so that covers what I like and the one, dual one, model one plays. Oh, one yes. quick note about that wrong team favored thing. That's that's wrong team favored. That one and four straight up. I think against the spread, it's yes. even or like I don't know where they even. I think it's like three and one against the spread. Yeah, probably that sounds about right. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, that's just the money line play aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got my plays. We've got uh, the dual model plays. So what do we need? Uh, what do we have from you that I need to make a note of and pass along to the listeners here? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's do. Uh, oh, Wisconsin up to ten. I got it at seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Give me Wake Forest money line against Virginia Tech. That's not a play here for some reason. Uh. Uh, I'd love to say Oregon spread what, in my what kind of that is a bit of Sorry? Do you have a money line there? Do you have a money line on price? Oh, Wake Forest? Yeah. One oh plus I am seeing plus one oh five, plus one and a half, plus one oh five. Um I'd love to give Oregon, but I feel like it's a bit too homer of a an Oregon fan thing to do, so I won't do that. Um <laughs> But I will do um We'll add some other ones here. Uh, oh yeah, Tennessee minus three and a half. They're playing A and M, right? Yeah, I think I Tex I think the people are like high on their def Texas Tech's defensive rating. Um, I think they didn't realize that that's just good against the run, not good against the pass. Jalen Milton's three hundred mm -hmm. passing yards proves that, and have fun playing against Joe Milton. Um, what else here? Uh, what's Kansas? Uh, give me Kansas minus three against Oklahoma State too. Minus three. Um, yeah, against Oklahoma State. And give me Air Force minus ten against Wyoming. And that's it. Okay. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to me. Good luck to everybody um, watching. Thank you for watching. And we will catch you in one week. We will have one episode next week um, due to whatever. But um, in the meantime, good luck. Yep. See you guys next week. <laughs>